the number one hit music station. More music, more variety. Welcome to the alternative. Playing today's new country. Oh, sorry, I was just practicing. I'm Matt from Matt Fogarty Voiceovers. I know you want to listen to your podcast, so I'm going to keep this super brief. If you're a program director and you're looking for a fresh sound on your station, hit me up. I'll do a free, no obligation sample for you, and you can get a really good sense for how I'll sound on your station. Get in touch at mattfogartyvo.com. I'm seriously sitting by my computer hitting refresh right now. Email me. Do it. The Sound Off Podcast. The show about podcast and broadcast starts now. Morning Show Boot Camp has been a fixture on the radio calendar since the late 80s. As a former program director, it was one of those discretionary budget items where you could send yourself and or the morning show off for a few days of living and learning, alongside other people who get up at 3.30 a.m., One of the things we know in this post-pandemic era is that listeners are coming to radio stations for personalities marginally more than for the music. You can get the music anywhere, but personality leads to stationality. And while other events weren't held or moved online in 2021 and 2022, Morning Show Boot Camp was in session. Don Anthony has been putting on the event since its onset, and I've reached out to him today to help you make a decision on whether or not you want to attend the show, which is held every summer. Don Anthony joins me from Atlanta. You know, if somebody said, are you going to stop your podcast? I go, I can't because I haven't interviewed Scott Shannon yet. Have you met him? Do you know him? I've never met him. He's an idol of mine actually growing up. I'll send you an email and introduce you. He's very reachable and very responsive to things. And a good guy. I've known him for a very, very long time. And the funny thing about him is that I was a really terrible, uh, well, not terrible. I was just an okay DJ in New Orleans. And he was in Mobile, Alabama at the time. So, you know, here he is, this higher than, bigger than life personality. And uh, so we met. He he says, Don, I used to listen to you all the time in New Orleans. Oh, man, you were so good. (laughs) I'm thinking, Scott, you're way too nice. But anyway, so that was that. Scott's story starts, I believe, at WAAB in Mobile, Alabama. Where does your story start? Oh, I think the legit start was probably a small station. And well, I worked at KRBE in Houston so long ago it wasn't contemporary CHR back then. I was still in high school, and I was one of the, I was one of the radio geeks that everyone you know. Uh, when people sign my yearbook, they'd always say, can't wait to hear you on the radio. And I'd always get the, you know, make me the PA announcer of school announcements. One. And so um, I ended up getting a, a job. I, I literally, somebody said, you know, what you have to do, and you heard this before, re- remember when, uh, if you want a job in radio, just keep knocking on doors, knocking on doors, people sooner or later get a job. And I literally did that. So I went around all the stations in Houston. I didn't even know the formats they were. I just went and said, you know, hey, my name is Don. I'm really want to get radio. I'm still in school. I want to get out and go to school. Anyway, true story. July 1st, I can't remember the year. It was a long time ago. But July 1st, the day before my birthday, I had knocked on the door and the, the PD was on the air. And he pulled his headphones off and he spins around and sees me, waves me in. And so I come in. He says, how can I help you? And I said, my, 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 my name is Don. And I'm like, I want to be a DJ. And he said, can you be here tomorrow? Can you be here tomorrow? It took me a while to absorb that. You, you want me to be here tomorrow? And uh, what I didn't know is back then that station was classical. And I knew nothing about classical music. 
and it was all subscription, so people knew exactly what you were going to play. You just followed the, the you know followed the log, and occasionally introduced various songs from it. And I had a pronunciation book to learn the difference of Wagner and Wagner and so forth. But it, I mean, I did horribly, but you know, it was enough to get my feet wet. And then when I got out of school, I got a job offer in Louisiana, a small city. And then I first started doing mornings in a little city called Alexandria, Louisiana. Then I made my way up to Monroe, Louisiana. And then from there, got hired to go to New Orleans. Uh, and that's where I pretty much ended my on-air career. And from there, ended up in the West Coast, went to uh, Denver, where I was running a, a, a marketing and research company. And uh, in 1985, uh, I had the idea to start something I always wanted to do. Uh, I started a heading firm called Talent Masters, and it was a, a pretty viable industry uh, or, a company for over 25 years until consolidation. Station, you know, the, the industry just shrunk, and you know, people were finding jobs in magazines and online services and what. Uh, but then in uh, 88 or 89, actually, we, we started the Morning Show Boot Camp. Two things I always wanted to do. Three, I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to start a convention, and I wanted to publish a newsletter. And uh, so I, I managed to do the trifecta, but we still did, you know, the, the, the conferences and also the uh, daily newsletter. And that takes me to where we are now. So we've been doing boot camp now. This is our 35th year, and we've been doing the publication since 95. So, And the reason we did the publication, we wanted to market the conference, and that was the reason we did that. And for those who have not yet signed up for this, how do we sign up for it? Because I know there's people who aren't signed up. I'll have to send you a link because it's kind of a lengthy link that you have to plug into. And don't ask me why. It's just what they sent me because it's just more letters than you care to do it. But I will send that to you, which you can include in your post-production. Perfect. For anybody who, by the way, wants to sign up for that uh, publication and get that sent to them, you can find that in the show notes of this episode. And of course, it's completely free. What do you love about working and being around talent? Uh, there's a lot of things. And, and you know, I, I just spoke at a college last weekend. And I'm still one of those believers in just, I, I want to discover the next big star. And in my career, I've been fortunate, especially in headhunting, that I was able to uncover a couple of people that, and a few people actually, that ended up becoming quite huge. And uh, that's always gratifying. I, so my favorite part of what I do is finding new talent, discovering new people. Uh, and it's becoming harder and harder because the proverbial uh, farm league what you're doing now is probably as much of a farm league for a lot of people doing podcasts. That's a good link to getting on the air. So uh, that's certainly it. And I enjoy, I enjoy young talent. I enjoy, I don't, I certainly like people that are mature talent and people that are around a long time. People like the Burt show and Dave Smiley and just name a show. They're all Dave Ryan in Minneapolis, closer to you and Mojo in Detroit. These are all phenomenal personalities. And uh, listen, as someone who kind of brought a new meaning to the word average, I'm in awe of really great talent. Who's someone, and it could be from any era, who is on a trajectory for some other completely different career that you convinced you should really pursue radio just a little bit more and has made it? I don't want to name names because a couple, I'll tell you why, because some people would not want me to share something very personal. I've, I've had issues with some, a couple of people that were on the brink of saying, I've been doing this thing for so long. I'm really, you know, I've had it. I haven't gotten a break. And I kind of talked them out of it. I, I never, I always tell people that, you know, get into radio because it's easy. You find a job, you find someone, find a program director that they'll believe in you. Um, someone that will take you to another level, et cetera. But it's very hard. And right now, I think in the last year or two, I have come across 
you know, I think the reality is where we are as a business. There are more people that are, you know, kind of deciding what to do. Uh, if you've, if, did you ever follow any of the uh, AQ studies, the uh, air talent questionnaires that uh, Fred Jacobs does? I had that on the list to discuss, but go ahead. Yeah, those are, in my opinion, you know, it's the talent opportunity to really speak up. And I, I always say, Fred and I go back and forth. Look, I don't want this to be everything that's wrong with the business kind of a thing. I want it to be, this is information. This is what we're feeling. This is what we're going through. Here are our thoughts. And so they have a voice. Uh, and I think he's done a good job of kind of walking that line, but at the same time, making it very honest. Look, I got a call recently about the uh, no competes, non-competes going away and people not wanting them. And somebody called me up and asked me if I wanted to participate in, a, in an article he was doing. And I said, yes and no. Yes, because I'd like to say something, but no, because I can see both sides of the aisle on that. A very popular syndicated show said, you know, we lost somebody a while ago that worked with us for several years. We took him from nowhere into a really established personality. And so suddenly he's negotiating, it falls apart. I don't want to see him go across the street and start competing against me. And I can see that. On the talent side, I certainly see, I don't like when somebody leaves a job, let's say involuntarily. Uh, somebody comes, we have budget cuts and you're out. And then all of a sudden, uh, this person's on the beach and can't work in that market. I under, totally understand the situation there. But no, I mean, I think for things like that, I mean, you, you certainly, oh, go back to your question. I'm very good about evading answers, aren't I? Yeah, there are people that uh, I've come across that were working in the wrong place, okay? I'm sure you've met them. They were just in the wrong station and getting nowhere, not the right people working with them. And they suddenly went somewhere else and things just happened. But like I say, I do love, and I'm sure you do too, I love when you come across a talent that you just see blossom, just turn into this giant star. I remember a conversation many, many years ago, uh, Mark and Brian, who were on the way to, uh, I had called them about the station in Los Angeles called KLOS. And I'll never forget, I can't remember if it's Mark Brown, one of the two said, do you really think we'd work in a classic rock format? Because they'd always done CHR. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad by the way that I said, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and there are other shows. Uh, somebody came, I believe they were from originally from Canada. Let me think. Uh, Jeff and Jer. Were they in Canada or Detroit? I think Detroit. Detroit. Close to Canada. And we got them to Chicago and then we got them to San Diego. And that was just a terrific journey to watch. And they turned into one of the most, you know, recognized, in, uh, you know, famous uh, shows in San Diego. So. When did you start Morning Show Boot Camp? Uh, we began planning for it in 88. Our first show was in 89. We wanted to put together a, a a little weekend thing that prepared people for the big fall book. So my thought was if we could, uh, you know, convince uh, a couple of dozen talent to be able to come in and do this thing, you know, and we could help grow it and so forth, that it would be a good idea because at that point, Big morning shows really didn't have, and top shows uh, really didn't have their own thing. There were seminars and things designed for talent, you know, general talent and so forth. And but but I really wanted to focus more on the high profile talent. So we started the morning show that we came. I wanted to make it special, and uh, I borrowed twenty thousand dollars to market it and give us a logo and give us a program guide and do whatever. And uh, I'm here to tell you, I've shared the story before. We lost twenty thousand dollars very first year. And we had about a hundred, we got about 130 people to show up that year. A lot of, you know, people just do something new, something different. 
uh, no sponsors, but it was strictly new. A lot of people were coming in. And I, I knew I had lost money, but I, I kind of read the room and I just knew it would work. And knock on for Micah or something here, we have not uh, lost money since then. We've never gotten rich off of it, but it's a, it's a, in my, in my opinion, the opinions of others, thank God. Uh, it's a, it's a fun event. It's a very energetic, very vibrant. Uh, we try to keep people always leave and just say, how do you, you know, how do you get these people? To, they seem so active and energetic and what's the key. And really Matt, I think the key for us has been bringing new people into the event every year and infusing it with young, young, young you know, young faces, new people, newbies who meet you know, established vets. And then there's that chemistry. And so all these people understand what it's like to be sleepy at four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's been a great, great event. By the way, I'm motivated at the end of it. As, as, as hard as I am, I'm very encouraged and usually motivated about what, what, what takes place. What was the effect of consolidation in the 1990s and then sort of into the 2000s as you sort of see with talent and, and how it sort of correlated with, with the event, if any? Well, we've always had a lot of people who, believe it or not, there are a lot of people that pay out of pocket. I mean, as a tradition, uh, I will drive to the event. Only two events we've done that I haven't driven to. One was in L.A. and one was in Vegas because I live in Atlanta. That's a bit of a hike. But one of the shows that used to come in the early days of boot camp used to drive from the Quad Cities in Iowa every year. They'd pack the car, load the show in it, and drive to boot camp. And as in a tribute to them, every year I decided I'm going to get in the car, pack it up, and drive to where we are. It just kind of has a, yum, a humble touch to what we do. Uh, consolidation. We've done well, and it's it stays because so many people pay out of pocket. They're not overly reliant on uh, – well, the biggest difference is stations used to pay for most everything. Stations, by and large, would cover – a lot of their shows. A lot of shows had boot camp in their budget. A lot of shows had boot camp in their contract to come to boot camp. After consolidation, things got a little tighter and that kind of went away. But I will tell you that with the good fortune of great friends, and I, I at the risk of leaving somebody out, I won't go all through that. We have some phenomenal people that have supported us in groups, and, and whether it's Odyssey, um, uh, Cumulus, Beasley, Hubbard, iHeart, we have some terrific friends who really supported us and believe in what we do. And they've kept it where the effects of consolidation uh, haven't really uh, hurt us. Listen, we did two two of our last events, one sort of been right at the very, not the tail end, just as COVID was kind of fading. And then we did it last year, and last year was terrific. And we certainly feel we're on track to have another great one this year as well. I think one of the nice things about driving to the event is all the radio you get to listen to on the way. Yeah, oddly enough, you're, uh, take me at my word, I actually try to listen to a lot of the shows that are going to be there that are new. And I will purposely try to go to some of their stream shows or whatever, just so I'll know them. The single greatest thing I've always found you can say to someone when you meet them a talent, and I know you know this, hey, I was listening to your show. I listened to your show. And some guy in Saginaw, I'm using it just gener generically, if he knows you've listened to the show, that just means so much to them. When somebody knows, you know, knows your name, when somebody, you know, recognizes you from you meet somebody and say, hey, weren't you in this city and that city? It's a really good feeling. So um, we really try to stay, stay true to that course. So. You touched on it, and that's the pandemic. And somewhere in the middle of all of it from, you know, 2020 and beyond, 
I get the feeling that morning show boot camp went from being something that was nice to go to if you had the budget to you got to go because it's really about talent more than ever. And some of the research that Fred Jacobs has done with tech survey has really shown that people are coming to the radio for personalities more than they are for music. And that means talent is not as indispensable as they once were. They're actually more in need than ever before. Are you getting that feeling from the last couple of shows you've done? Our tagline has always been, it's all about the show. And Matt, you know this, having programmed, great radio has always been about the show. Uh, and with all due respect to music, and the music and radio business had an unbelievable relationship, right? For 50, 60 plus years. And, and all of a sudden, all these new platforms came along. And people who literally are into music, who want to listen to music, they have all these new platforms and they can share and, and you know, choose here, choose there. But there's only one great personality and that, that, you know, one or two great personalities that they want to listen to. And they can't get that anywhere else except that station and that show. And people are saying, you know, when people give me that line about where's the great, where's the new talent? I can start naming names because there are a lot of really good personalities out there that basically drive the car. They're the ones who get people. In the work. Now, by the way, the, the argument is that people get into is that, that if you've been in radio for more than 20 or 30 years, the question always comes up, how is talent today compared to 30 years ago? Don't you think, you know, well, it, it's fair and unfair to ask because, listen, I would have killed 30 years ago to have had the Internet or 40 years ago to have had an Internet to be able to, you know, pull, you know, get show prep, get ideas, get stories. And, you know, our, I, when USA Today came out, kind of dates me that was like a big thing for you know wow usa today look what i've got but that's all changed and in, in, in a good way so i i think putting on great shows is still the the, the engine that drives the truck and and i, I think that you know i'm, I'm look all I'm, I'm a total advocate for, for great talent always have been when i when i come across i was at this uh i spoke at a college last uh saturday and there's a young guy very quiet kind of recalcitrant, sort of shy and not saying very much. And then we got into an air check session. So both myself and the guy who was running this, this uh, program, we listened to the air check. His first couple of breaks was at an urban station or kind of a, a kind of a, a older, uh, more classic urban kind of station. College, okay? He was great. He was great. And then he popped out a video. He was phenomenal. I'm saying, I looked over at the guy and I said, who is this guy? And when you asked me before, what makes life exciting, that. When I hear somebody who I think has potential, and I told him this in the, air, in the critique, I said, look, you're ready. You may not be ready for a major market right now to go, but you certainly through weekends. Uh, you can get jobs in a lot of cities where people, you know. So that's what it's really all about. So in terms of where we are, Matt, I think that, yes, it's a, a different time in our business with a lot of change. I know technology has been front and center of late. But I got to tell you, great talent always cut through, always does. And that's been true for talk radio. Uh, it's been true for rock radio. I mean, you know, just all the things that have happened over the past 30, 40 years, sometimes change scares people, but at the same time, there's a shimmer of light that says, hey, wait a minute, there may be something here for me. Transcription of the Sound Off podcast is powered by the You May Also Like podcast, the show about people, places, and things. Follow the show on your favorite podcast app or at youmayalsolike.net. 
Imaging and production for radio made easy from Megatrax Production Music. Add a sense of British flair to your productions with London's No Sheet Music. From the team behind Wise Buddha, No Sheet Music are musicians and music fans. It's as simple as that. Their albums range from contemporary to classical, orchestral to electronic, and they're always usable and sonically excellent. Don't miss the hottest sounds by adding Deep East music to your deal. Music from Deep East elevates a story and amplifies a message with a serious buzz. Always fresh and intuitive, and of course, the highest quality, they've always got their ears to the ground for the latest worldwide trends. Head on over to megatracks.com or call us at 818-255-7100 for your music licensing requests. That's M-E-G-A-T-R-A-X dot com. Just before we start the show, my weekly newsletter, Sounding Off, is back. Make sure you are subscribed to Sounding Off at soundoffpodcast.com. Inside, there are some podcasting tips and tricks. The best audio content that I've heard in the last seven days, whether it was radio or podcast, and something I just want people to stop doing because they're doing it wrong. Sounding Off appears in your email box every Tuesday. The Sound Off Podcast supports podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. If you don't have a newer podcast app, you can get one at newpodcastapps.com. I'm sure that's going to come up again this year, and that's that AI discussion. I personally find the discussion to be a little bit much. I just think that, you know, you and I have been around talent for so long that we know it's just going to cut through and people are always going to have a yearning and desire for it. And I'm not, I am certainly not afraid of any one of your attendees ever being replaced by AI at all. Am I naive? Listen, I, I think the great shows are, are not going to be, you know, uh, I'm, I, you know, not, never, not big words, but I don't think it's intended for that. And in and, and my personal opinion, as we sit right now, I think it's just too early to comment uh, with any you know, it just ha- I mean, people are using it. It's been around for a while. It's being used in a lot of its different industries. But when talent hears that, they immediately think of, you know, job replacement. And I think that maybe in a few months, maybe a year, we'll know more about it. I, I just personally think it's, I'm not trying to tell somebody what they want to hear either, but I think for really good talent, they're going to be fine. Some of those shifts or day parts where there are maybe four breaks an hour, things are happening. Hard to say, but no, I, I, I tend to agree. And we are developing a session because I believe we'd be remiss in not having a discussion on that, but just where we are now, even two months, even two months away, I think it may change. How did you involve Fred Jacobs in the AQ studies? What was the genesis of that? Uh, giving talent a voice, you know, all the surveys that people do. It's all, it's, you know, it's all feedback from these people, that people, audience members and on and on and on. And I like when I talk to shows that are being totally candid uh, about what's going on, how they feel, what's going on. And I want them to have a voice. And so boot camp's always been that kind of. We give them a voice. I remember in the, in the early days when people had not been to boot camp, they'd come and say, geez, they use some pretty foul language in some of these sessions. <laughs> we allow them to speak the way they want. And, and you know, it's a private uh, 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 event. And it's their chance to really speak out. They get in sessions, they're very open about it. And there have been some other issues too. When we first began, I think if you look at our sessions and what we do and what we've done the last few years, actually the last 30 years, we've always tried to 
make it more diverse, give women uh, a voice as well. So we had the Women's Forum. And I can tell you very candidly that in the first year, maybe second year, uh, we had trouble getting women on panels. Some of the some of the, the women were uh, nervous about getting on the panel and saying something that would upset their co-host, their boss, whatever. And there was a lady on CNN here in Atlanta at the time, Catherine Cryer. And we had her as a special guest in one of our things or what. And we were having just a conversation. Her, I, I believe the lady was named Mary Catherine Sneed, who at the time was at the Summit, head of programming, a uh, terrific woman. And she was a very big proponent of, of getting her people to boot camp and was a very strong supporter, one of our original members of our, our, our committees. And But we were talking about doing this thing, and I said, how do you get more, you know, I'd like to get more women in panels. What Some are just kind of hesitant about doing it. And I remember Catherine saying, uh, our words to the effect, why don't you give them their own forum? So we created the Women's Forum, and that lasted for even now. This year we're doing a little, a couple of things differently. We're adding more women, trying to add as many women as can to more panels. Because one of the one of the comments some of the people would say is that instead of just limiting them to one panel, why don't you spread? Well, we've always spread. I don't try to make it where, you know, you look and count heads, but I'm very conscious of how our panels look and uh, and how, how it looks to people than when they're looking at those panels. So anyway, so that was one of the sidebars to what's taken place over the years. One of the great moments of the show is when the data is revealed, it's done to all the talent who are incredibly intent on finding out how they feel about what's going on in the industry. The phones are away. People are paying attention. They're ready with questions. There's a lot of oohs and ahs going on. And there's a lot of really deep questions that get asked, such as, you know, are you getting enough feedback? But how's your mental health? We're actually doing a panel on that, devoting a panel to it this year. Uh, Odyssey has been very supportive of, of helping us with some ideas on that. We um, actually polled uh, a couple hundred people who have been to boot camp and asked them what they want on the agenda this year. What are the topics they want? And to my surprise, uh, well, I'll ask you, what do you think the top two topics were they wanted discussed? Mental well-being would be one of the big ones that they would want discussed. What would the other one be? The other one would be, it would probably revolve around something job security. And I'm going to say AI. Job negotiation, salary negotiation, you know, that's all changed. You know, now people that have large contracts, I mean, everything is being adjusted. And a lot of people, you know, were negotiating ways they never have before. So that was very near and dear to them. But mental well-being, I was speaking to a lady yesterday with a, uh, a, a supplier um, and uh, who wants to, Sponsor the shirt boot camp, well, first time ever. And as we we're talking, she was asking me to run down some of the some topics and the, the agenda and the schedule and what. And for some reason, she was looking for something that, to sponsor. And I was giving her the, the list of the items and what. And when I went mental well being, she said, "Ah, I like that one." And I said, "I said really?" She said, "Oh yes, definitely. I'm very involved in suicide prevention. I'm very. I'm all about having deal, dealt with situations like that in real life and being a mom, et cetera, et cetera." So yeah, it's a very hot topic, hotter than. Uh, and by the way, even in, in uh, Fred's studies last year, that proved to be a very um, uh, hot topic. People were all over that. Fred's done an amazing job with that. I, I, he, they work in those things and really, really try not to sugarcoat the questions and throw softballs. Uh, but every year you got to, you got to, you know, this is a 15 minute uh, survey. Now, think about it. That's a long survey for a lot of talent. Uh, to sit down and actually answer all these questions. And, and I don't mean that, I mean that in a respectful way. They, they're 
tired. They've been in the air all day. Suddenly, here it's 15 minutes early to fill out. But last year, I think we had over 700 respondents who filled it out, and it gives you wonderful feedback. I'll be very curious how AI will pop up in uh, this year's survey, or the feedback, I should say, to it. Well, I'll roll it back to last year because uh, Fred did appear on this show and we talked. One of the things that I saw in the data that I I guess I found interesting was how a lot of radio people were maybe feeling a little bit behind by some of the stuff that was uh, that was going on in their uh, in their studios. And I'll I'll just play the clip for you. They want to learn. They understand that tech skills and social media skills and keeping up with new technology is critically important to their success. I think they very objectively assess their own skills as being poor to mediocre. And I think they really want to get better. They don't want to be left behind. They don't want the digital parts of their company to go well beyond them. And I think there's a fear there, Matt, on a lot of people's parts that I'm in the old dinosaur wing of the building here in radio. And meanwhile, the company's off doing streaming and podcasts and video and all this stuff. And am I being left behind by the technology and by my own company? And God, I sure love training. Here's the deal. And, and you know this better than me. The last few years, uh, compared to any other time in radio, I can't think of a time that's been more taxing. Uh, people were at homes. They're broadcasting in makeshift studios. They're not connecting. They're not, you know, it's just, it's a different environment all of a sudden. And we all in radio live with a certain insecurity, some greater than others. And suddenly we don't have access to these people we've been to engage with for all this time. And so it was a new reality. And so some navigate it better than others, but yeah, there was definitely that feeling of detachment. And 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 listen, let me say in defense of because uh, I think programmers sometimes are, are you hear that my biggest disappointment is we don't have enough time to be able to spend time with our PD. I want to go over you know air checks, so I want people to just give me feedback. And what I hear from PDs is I'd love nothing more than to spend more time with our talent and spend more time at the station, you know, doing those kind of things. But they, too, are very stretched. And I, I think that in their defense, I, I think that if they had the opportunity, had the time, they would like that opportunity to do that. But and that's why and, and this is a, not a cheap plug for Morning Show Boot Camp. Boot Camp has given them a place where suddenly everyone can connect. We had VPs of programming tell me that it's been extremely eye opening to them to be able to spend time not with just their talent, but a lot of other talent and kind of hear their side of the story. And, and and hear some of the things going on in their lives and and very refreshing because they kind of walk away. Look, 20 years ago at boot camp, PDs, programmers would, would tell me they were a little nervous about going to boot camp because they got to find out they're going to be, they're going to be, all the panels would be bashing PDs. I don't think that was ever the case. Uh, people would complain about certain things, but bashing, I think, was too, too harsh a term. But I will tell you, as more and more programmers and VPs of programming and talent scouts and whatever come to boot camp, there's been a real connection for them there. Some of these people have become, Dennis Clark with iHeart is friends with so many people outside of iHeart. Dave Richards with Odyssey. And uh, and this year we have uh, a lot of other people that are coming in. And so it just, these people have a chance to really connect with talent they didn't know before. So it's, it's really a good thing. So I'm really happy about that. There's somebody listening to this somewhere in Canada or the United States who's thinking, should I go? Shouldn't I go? Tell them why they have to go. Well, every person has a unique situation, but I think this. 
This is a show that was created specifically for and about the show. If you're connected to a show, if you're on a show, if you're part of a show, if you're a believer in personality radio, if you want to hear what talent are doing, saying the stuff they're using and different things, what it's a place to go. It's a very cool event. I say that openly. I think it's, it's very cool. It's very engaging, unbelievable networking. You'll meet people. And we have a ton of people that have been friends now for life since that they met at boot camp. And, and now can't go a week without some kind of connection or, you know, get together and what. And, and, and really, it's not a place where you walk into and you don't know who's where. You see a lot of old friends, you see, meet a lot of new friends. I think the last couple of years, we had over 100, 100 new people at each event. And that, to me, is very refreshing and, and encouraging because it makes me feel like there is a, there's a new era. There's a, you know, a new frontier. And yet, I always, conv- I always tell the people at the top, I sometimes look, you know, I got things to do and, Whatever. We try to talk them into going because I, I can't express to them how important it is and how special it is for a young, up-and-coming personality to meet somebody like a Mojo or a Dave Ryan or a Burt Weiss. That's a big deal to them, and it's something they never forget. And we have people that uh, tell me stories today that when they first came to boot camp many years ago, uh, I, he's coming this year, but I'm not, not going to mention his name. But he tells a story that when he first boot camp he ever came to, he met Kid Craddock and the late Kid Craddock, one of the most amazing morning show hosts ever. And it was, he just, you know, he didn't think he was going to meet him. And he suddenly he's meeting him and he's, this guy's talking. And he said he left, went to the room and threw up. And by the way, this guy is now a pretty famous disc jockey. I mean, having that kind of an impression on someone. I know when I was a kid coming up, when I met the first big jock, that was a big deal to me. And so I think there's a need for the guys at the top uh, to come to share their their wisdom and experiences uh, and and talent and on the young uh, the younger side for people to engage with some of the other people to meet them and get to know them and follow them because look nothing better than meeting a great mentor right and I'm sure you've mentored a lot of people haven't you yes and I had a chance to to meet some of uh, my mentors along the way too so I can totally see why this becomes a uh, something that you got to go to like. Yeah, and I, I say with some embarrassment that I'm I'm not really I look if I if I, I'm not trying to BS here, right? I don't want to sound like I'm overselling. We're 35 years old now, or going on 35 years, and I think we've been doing something right to be able to you know keep keep it going. But this thing is not about me. I've never said come to boot camp. So it's something I did. I'm just a guy in the kitchen putting dinner together. Everybody else brings the groceries in. But the real secret of boot camp are the people who come to boot camp. They bring a, a, a energy and, a, and a, an excitement you can't find anywhere. And I, I, I owe everything we've accomplished to them. Don, thanks so much for being on the show and telling us about it. We'll see you in Dallas. Great. And listen, if you're inter- anybody interested, they can always click on RadioMSBC.com and uh, start that with an HTTPS, okay? But uh, RadioMSBC.com, we'd love to see it. The Sound Off Podcast is written and hosted by Matt Kundal. Produced by Evan Serminski. Edited by Chloe Emil Lane. Social media by Aiden Glassy. Another great creation from the Sound Off Media Company. There's always more at SoundOffPodcast.com. I'm Jeff.
Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.